you weren't awake when you walked in, you are now. Thank you, Sheila. That was wonderful. Uh, welcome to Trinity this morning. It's uh, still Pentecost and will be for quite a while. We're glad you're here today. Uh, we have some guests. We have some great music coming up. Um, and to just lead us into this uh, service, talking about uh, many into one and all sorts of things, um, I'm going to add one more song to this prelude called We Are One. Um, in 2011, when the earthquake and tsunami hit northern Japan after my travels there, um, the impact on friends uh, who were over there uh, was, was uh, motivating for me. And uh, so I uh, wrote this song in support and in honor of and solidarity with those victims of the, uh, the tragedy in, in Japan. Uh, we are one. There's a refrain on the wall, and after you uh, hear it or see it, you're welcome to join in that refrain. We are one, we are many, we are hands across the world. We are so many voices with one bold uniting word. We are home for the future, weaving stories from the past. We are pointed toward tomorrow. We are seems unclear we must all pull together with our voices ringing clear we are one we are many we are hands across the world we are so world. 
This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Good to be together. Thank you for uh, coming this morning. You know, we have 168 hours every week, but no hour is quite like this one. When we come together to be together as God's people, to lift our prayers, to hear beautiful music. Uh, we have an alto ensemble. Am I got that right? That's what they're calling themselves. Uh, Reverend Jerry O'Neill is going to be uh, playing for us today. Uh, Reverend Lisa Kipp is visiting with us, and she'll be talking with us later. Uh, and you're here. We have all the folks online. Hello to all those folks across the island, across the country, uh, joining us. You, too, are a part of our congregation. You also see that the uh, baptismal uh, font is dressed and ready, as we have three baptisms, three adult baptisms, at the late service today, and we'll talk more about that. A good day to be together. The order of service is before you on your bulletin. Everything will be projected for you as well. So if it's comfortable, I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gathering hymn, Here I Am.
continue with the responsive reading, the litany for the Sunday. Either all are welcome. Or all are Either all are welcome. Or the church All are welcome in God's house. There is neither female nor male, Jew nor Greek. All are welcome in God's house. Saints and sinners. Doubters and skeptics. Rich and Young and old, everyone welcome, everyone equal. So let us open the doors and see all as God's people. Thanks be to God. Our hymn of praise, Open the Door, so you've got little hand motions with that, and it says that you're going to let Carl sing the uh, verses, but sing with him. Sing with thanks and praise, Lord God, for open doors, open hearts, and open minds. We thank you for this sanctuary where everybody's welcome and the gospel is good news. Send now your Holy Spirit, keep working on us, that we may be the people that you have called us to be. We pray in the name that is above all other names, Jesus Christ our Lord. You may be seated. Privilege to participate in Operation Restoration. Yes, 
Trinity's Vacation Bible School 2023. Throughout the week, children and adults shared stories from the Bible and learned together how we can be menders of what's broken in God's world. On one day, we heard Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan. This compelling story reveals God's truth that gives life and sets us free to love our neighbors as ourselves. Hearing the story brought to mind a song I wrote about 40 years ago at a vacation Bible school in Oslo, Norway, and it's my pleasure to share it with you this morning here on lovely Whidbey Island. my neighbor who is my neighbor man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho fell among robbers beat him and left him to die abandoned him for every passerby Priest came along the road, looked upon a stranger, winced at his nakedness, shrugged and passed him by. Levi came along, looked and let him lie. Who is my neighbor? Who claims love's word and deed? Anyone in need? Anyone in need? Then a Samaritan chanced upon a stranger And deeply moved as though he were a kin He put him on his beast and took him to an inn Who is my neighbor? Who claims love's word and deed? Anyone in need? Anyone in need? So a Samaritan took pity on a stranger, bound up his wounds and never even left his name. And Jesus says, go out and do the same. Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Anyone in need? Of love's word and deed and with light and love where to go out and do the same
The first lesson is from the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. To one is given the spirit, the utterance of wisdom, and to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another the working of powerful deeds, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same spirit who allots to each one individually just as the spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. The word of the Lord. This song, He Will Hold Me Fast, is about those of us on this journey of life with the Lord. We're all in a different place. We all have different mountains and peaks and valleys and the things we come across in this journey. God loves us, not because we're strong and able to remain faithful to him, but because he is strong and faithful to us. Our hope is not in ourselves but only in Jesus. And the promises of God in Psalm 139 remain. The psalmist says in verses 7 through 10, If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Enjoy this song as a reminder of God's faithfulness to you. And we invite you to join us in the last part. Um, you'll see, I think it changes a different color, but I'll invite you to sing with us as you like.
you, uh, thank you, Pastor uh, Jerry. Thank you for sharing, and uh, thank you to the Alto and Ensemble. T Taylor Swift does nothing on you. <laughs> I should just say that right up front. Thank you. We are uh, 168 hours in a week. We get to spend this hour together every week. Uh, it is a blessing. Now, the word diversity is kicked around a lot. Some feel threatened by diversity, while others celebrate diversity in its many forms. Some are calling for a more diverse representation in Congress, in upper management, in elite colleges, and on corporate boards. Is diversity a good thing? Today there are 8 billion people in the world, but it was not always that way. In Jesus' day, there were perhaps 200 million people on earth. That would be the equivalent of about 60% of the population of the United States in the year 2023. But those 200 million were spread out all over the entire globe. For most of the past 130,000 years, humans have gathered in small groups. We were tribal people. Throughout history, tribal people have been cautious or even afraid of those from other tribes. For good reason, I suppose. The approach of someone outside the tribe raised suspicions. Their intentions were unknown. We know that warring tribes, those hell-bent on conquest, have always existed. No tribe was safe from outside threats. It mattered not if they were peaceful or hospitable. When the Vikings, the Huns, the Mongols, the Zulus, the Nubians, or the Comanches visited your tribe, death, destruction, and enslavement were sure to follow. Sometimes other tribes and other peoples were not particularly friendly. And those who wandered too far from their tribal lands and the relative safety of the tribe were often never seen again. Consequently, if strangers approached, they were likely to be viewed with suspicion. They were a threatening presence, a potential enemy. Now, religious people have tended not to like diversity. The Jewish people did not like mixing with Gentiles. The followers of the Druze religion do not allow outsiders to join their faith communities. Christians and Muslims have been killing each other for a thousand years. Christians massacred the Mormons and mistreated the Native Americans. Is diversity a good thing or is it somehow a threat? According to the New York Times, currently in the United States, we have the highest percentage of non-U.S.-born residents since the great European immigrations of the 1890s. Did you get that now? We have the highest percentage of non-U.S.-born residents since the great European immigrations of the 1890s. There are 332 million of us, and like it or not, it's clear that our country is becoming more diverse every day. 
Is diversity a good thing? Now, in our first shared story in the book of Genesis, God created everything, the stars more numerous than the grains of sand on the earth, the animals, creeping things, plants, trees, flowers, fruit, fish, and birds, all created by God. And each day, God looked upon this new creation and God declared that it was good. Everything in creation was good. It was good, it was good, it was good. Let me hear you say it. But not everything was good. In the second chapter of Genesis, we're introduced for the first time to a new concept. You see, it was clear to the creature Adam and to the creator God that something was distinctly not good. What was it, do you know? The answer is to be alone. To be alone is not good. It was the first recognizable flaw in creation. Before sin had entered the human story, it was clear that it was not good for a human to be alone. Now, I should say that this is not an advertisement for or an endorsement for marriage. Some marriages are good. Some marriages are not so good. And few marriages are made in heaven. And being single in life is not inherently better or worse than being married. In fact, nearly one-third of all Americans today have never been married. This has nothing to do with marriage. It has to do with being alone. We were not created to be alone. When I'm alone, I'm in bad company. Now, I'm told that there is a single elk on Whidbey Island. Single meaning one, not a reflection on its marital status. And that one elk has been seen all over. It wanders the island looking for its tribe. If the tribe is caught in a ferry line, they may never be reunited. <laughs> then the Lord God looked at this beautiful creation, a creation that seemed to be all good, and God said, oh, it's not good that this man should be alone. Now, the fact that you are here this morning is in some way a recognition of this truth. We come to be together, do we not? Creation and all of its marvelous diversity is good, but it is not good to be alone. Now, my daughter, my island daughter, lives with her cat. My daughter is artistic, creative, a published author, a documentary producer. She's a most amazing aunt to her nephews and niece. And a couple weeks ago, she received a wardrobe from a high-end designer of furniture called Ikea. The wardrobe that you see here arrived in three heavy boxes, boxes so heavy that only the old preacher with a bad back could lift them. Now I have to tell you something, I do not like puzzles. I'm not comfortable with tools. Every year, every few years, I get a new grill, but I'll only get it if it's put together already. I detest assembling items. I will put 
I will pay for assembly, no problem with that, or I'll just go without before I'm going to count 250 pieces and read the directions only to find out that there should have been 260 pieces. Well, there was no dinner the night Felicia and Kelsey decided to assemble the wardrobe. They spent hours on this maddening venture, and truth be told, they seemed to enjoy it. (laughs) When the sun was almost down, which this time of year meant it was past my bedtime, they were at a place where they could finally stop. Only the doors still needed to be installed. So we muscled the wardrobe off the deck into her cabin and put it in place. And the next day, Kelsey would attempt to install the doors by herself. But she found that the doors were nearly impossible to install alone. Holding a door in place, inserting a screw into the hinges, and tightening it up was not difficult, but she did not have enough hands to do it. So we returned that evening, and with one assembler and one helper, the job was complete in five minutes. It's not good that we should be alone. It's not as God intended. Is diversity a good thing? This morning, we are blessed beyond measure. We'll be celebrating and participating in three adult baptisms. Utorn, Bess, and Clayton will walk to this font at the 10 o'clock service. God will bless them and claim them in the waters of baptism, and God will call them in that moment into Christian ministry. And as they come to us, they come with diverse backgrounds and unique experiences and perspectives. They will be baptized, and when they are baptized, our church family will become more diverse, and we will be blessed by welcoming them into our tribe. In baptism, we are called to the priesthood of all believers. That's right, Bess, Utorn, and Clayton are priests. And the same goes for each of you. You are a priest. You do holy work all week long. You care for children and grandchildren. You build airplanes and boats. You listen to and comfort your friends. You lend a hand to those in need. You support God's work with your offerings. And each week, when this service is over, this one hour out of 168, we send you out of the sanctuary with a reminder that the work that is before you is God's work. For you go to places that Carl and I cannot go. You are the hands and feet of Jesus on Woodby Island. And your work during the week is holy work. You are a priest. Married or single, you are a priest. Married or single, you are not alone. Just look around this morning and take in the lovely view. We are blessed beyond measure this morning to welcome the Reverend Lisa Kipp back to Trinity Lutheran Church. Lisa works with us, but she also works on our behalf. She is a part of a team at Lutheran World Relief, and they go places that none of us can go as they bring assistance to God's people across the globe in 33 countries. When disaster strikes, when war breaks out, when drought or flood leaves God's people without food or shelter, Lutheran World Relief is there. We support their work. And they go to places 
that we should not go. I had a visit from an 80-year-old man in our parish. He hobbled into my office, and he told me he wanted to go to the Ukraine to serve meals, to help as needed. I looked at him, and I said, that's the spirit. Now write a check. Because the last thing they need over there is an 80-year-old man to take care of. You see, the truth is, if we showed up when disaster struck or war broke out, most of us would be of little use, more a liability than an asset. But the part that we do play is critical. Our generosity allows us to arouse others to go on our behalf. Because of you, supplies can be delivered and hope can be renewed. Here we sit, I'm with the island, but our reach is vast. By our gifts, we are present at Augusta Victoria Hospital in Jerusalem. And we are present in Eastern Europe. And we are present at Good Cheer and Helping Hand and Habitat for Humanity on Island County that started here at Trinity Lutheran Church. We are present with immigrants and migrants nursing homes, and 33 students on a dozen college campuses this fall. It is not good to be alone. When I'm alone, I'm in bad company. And I'm here to tell you this morning that you are not alone. You made the choice to put yourself in the path of Jesus. You made the decision to get out of bed this morning and to surround yourself with this community, people like you in some ways, people unlike you in other ways, people of faith and people of doubt, those who are currently healthy and those who are diseased or depressed, Republicans and Democrats, the old and the older, (laughs) the rich and the poor, artistic people with infinite patience like me, We are alike, and we are diverse. But is diversity a good thing? In our first lesson that Diane read for us, the Apostle Paul speaks about the early church, a church where Jews and Greeks, slaves and frees, are all members of the same body. They are members of the same body by baptism. Then Paul makes his point, as he goes on in that chapter, in an almost comical way, he talks about the interdependence of body parts. On the 4th of July, I was walking around barefooted, not very smart. I picked up a few slivers in my right foot. Now, they were ever so tiny and ever so annoying. Now, I don't do yoga, Consequently, I'm as flexible as like a steel bar with arthritis. And I tried to do surgery on the bottom of my foot to get these slivers out. But removing those tiny pieces of wood was not going to happen. So what I had was one foot that was unhappy. The rest of my body was fine, right? No. Guess what? The rest of my body was not fine. I was hobbled. My mind and body were distracted by these few little slivers. Paul says, what if the body was made up of all eyes? No hearing, no sense of smell, no ability to eat. Wouldn't work very well, would it? What if the body was made up of only ears? Well, you could listen to music, but you could not see or taste or walk around. 
You see, everyone has a part to play at Trinity Lutheran Church, and everyone has a part to play in the larger community. Survey. How many of you can read music? Go ahead and raise your hand. Okay. Most of you are like me. I don't read music. Now imagine if everyone had the musical ability that I had. Perish the thought. What would our worship life look like without our musicians? How impoverished we would be if the music died. We have wonderful bakers in our congregation. Amen? But if we're all bakers and only bakers, we'd need a congregational membership to Weight Watchers. And without our little ones, the wide-eyed wonder of youth and the playful energy of children absent from our congregation would leave us impoverished. You see, the diversity of your experiences makes us richer as a congregation. The diversity of your cultural backgrounds expands our worldview. The diversity of thought, spiritual practices, and theologies are not a threat to us. They are an opportunity for us to better understand each other and to better understand God. The more diverse a congregation is, the more welcoming that congregation can be. Just like our litany said, we're not, we're not called to be a country club. We are called to provide a sanctuary for every child of God, regardless of their place or their social standing or their race. In our context, those from other tribes are no longer a threat to us. We need not fear those of other colors or cultures or orientations or genders. In Christ Jesus, there's no longer male or female, Jew or Greek, slave or free. We are all a part of one body, and every part is critical to the functioning of the whole. Every member of the family is called the priesthood of all believers. Now, I think we can agree that we are among the most fortunate people on the earth. We've been blessed with freedom. We get to live here on Whidbey Island. We have food, safety, and opportunity. We are blessed, but we are never blessed in isolation. We're blessed to be a blessing to others. We are blessed. We stand on the shoulders of patriots and citizens and beloved family members and church members who have paved the way for the quality of life that we enjoy. We are among the richest people on earth, but we should not show up physically when disaster strikes. No, we play our part. We support those who are trained to go. We trust Lutheran World Relief, ELCA Disaster Relief, ELCA World Hunger to show up on our behalf. We're not alone, my friends. We are in this together. We are priests. We have holy work to do. And God looked at the people of God at Trinity Lutheran Church, and God said, it is good. One body, many parts, diverse, functioning together in creation. It is good. Amen. Amen. Remain seated. You're going to sing along with Carl. Sing along with me on the refrains. I'll sing the verses.
You may remain seated as we lift our hearts to God. Uh, Diane's going to lead us in the prayers. We have a sung response, bind us together. We'll sing that once now. And then each petition will bring us back to that song response. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for the many gifts that fill us and surround us. May we encourage others' gifts and be bold to acknowledge our own as we pull them to you seeking the equity and unity you desire for all people, leading to abundant life. Hear us as we pray. With our VBS themes from this past week about mending your world, let us strive to feed the hungry, not just from our abundance, but from a heart for justice. Let us help heal the sick and heal divisions that keep us from you. Let us forgive each other and ourselves as we always strive for a more equitable society. May we pray for those in situations of war and conflict that leaders may find just solutions and may we rest when needed to prepare us for the journeys ahead and bring rest to those unfairly burdened in this world. Hear us as we pray. summer days, gracious God, we give thanks for renewing sun that brings growth and joy. Remind us also to recognize those for whom the sun and weather on our warming planet bring devastation and hardship, and renew our efforts to find solutions to save this beautiful blue earth. Hear us as we pray. relieve the pain and despair of those who suffer with illness, injury, or addiction, and sustain the strength of those who give support. We join our hearts together to pray for those in need, either out loud 
or silently in our hearts. Hear us as we pray. our love, we offer these prayers, trusting in your promise to always be our companion on the journey to joy. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. I invite you to stand up and share the peace. Thank you for sharing in that greeting of peace. Hey, Brother Jerry, that's peace. Thank you for uh, sharing in that greeting of peace. After uh, the service, after the service, we would encourage you to come on over the coffee hour. Cookies, coffee, uh, kind of a quick turnaround if you want to come back in. Get coffee, get cookies, come back in, and we're going to have a, about a 20-minute presentation on the work of Lutheran World Relief. Lisa's going to uh, talk to us in just a moment about that. But uh, So quick turnaround, go in and get some coffee, cookies, and then come back. would encourage you uh, to do that. Um, so with that, I'm going to invite Lisa to come up now and give us a foretaste of that 20-minute feast to come. <laughs> Lisa Kipp, welcome, Lisa. Good morning. It is a joy to be with you here this morning. Thank you for your warm welcome. Even more, thank you for the generosity that you share in partnering with us at Lutheran World Relief. If you hear only one thing from me this morning or in that 20-minute presentation, I hope it is this. Thank you. Thank you for putting your faith in action to love and serve your neighbors around the globe. For the past almost a year and a half, we have all watched Russia's war in Ukraine unfold before our eyes. As Pastor Jim said, it's easy to feel helpless and sit back here thousands of miles away and feel like there's nothing that we can do. This is an article that appeared in a Ukrainian newspaper announcing that care was being received from Lutherans in the United States. In that LWR bale is about 35 quilts just one bale of the more than a million dollars worth of quilts and kits that have been made and sent to our neighbors from quilters and kit makers like the ones here in this congregation. During the forum, I will share a variety of ways that your love is reaching neighbors around the world, but during this greeting, I want to focus on the ways your gifts of nearly $20,000 are making this work possible. This is a photo that was taken at one of the border crossings from Ukraine into Poland. After facing the trauma of war with new and stressful caregiving responsibilities in an unknown place, these women and children were among the most vulnerable to one of the often unspoken dangers of war, human trafficking. 
because of their lack of local contacts, language skills, or job opportunities, in addition to being exhausted after days of nonstop travel in search of safety. Young moms and their children were preyed upon by human traffickers that made it to the borders almost as quickly as humanitarian agencies showed up. But because of your congregation's care, thousands of women and children were welcomed. Volunteers provided food and drink and safe spaces to let them know that they were not alone. Families received emergency cash funds that would give them the needed money to find an apartment while looking for work in a new country. And at every cash transfer station that we set up, human trafficking alerts and information about how to seek help was readily available. This photo was taken just two months ago by one of my colleagues. Unfortunately, this right here is what much of Ukraine looks like today. Millions of our neighbors living in communities with buildings that have been destroyed, many communities without power or adequate access to the necessities they need to live and work. And your love is still there, reaching our neighbors who need it most. This is a Lutheran World Relief mobile medical unit. It's a 53-foot long back of a semi-truck. A couple of months after the war began, when our team was able to get into Ukraine and access, assess the greatest needs and match them to our expertise, we determined that access to medical care was a top priority. Many hospital clinics had been bombed or destroyed, and many medical professionals fled with their families for safety, leaving the people living in these communities without access to any medical care or the medicines that they needed. Today, these units are focused on reaching the most vulnerable people who live in previously Russian-occupied territories, regions that are actively undergoing shelling attacks, and communities that have no health care remaining. Cardiologists, gynecologists, ophthalmologists, and psychologists all offer care daily from this unit. This is Dr. Oikov. He is an OBGYN and ultrasound specialist. When my colleague recently met him, he shared that he is exhausted and overwhelmed. He recalls one day when he saw 40 patients in one day because he couldn't say no. He remembers one woman saying, we'll wait for you as long as it takes because they were so desperate to receive care. Dear friends in Christ, thank you. Thank you for the reaching these neighbors in deep need of God's care. Thank you for your generosity, for your quilts, for your love and hospitality in the name of Jesus. We are alike, we are diverse, and together we are making a great difference in the world. Thank you, and thanks be to God. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, and we look forward to uh, hearing more in just a few minutes. Uh, we did, we uh, write checks all the time because of your generosity. And this week, we, we have check, a $2,000 check for Lutheran World Relief, and we have a $2,000 check for ELCA World Hunger. Uh, these aren't the real checks, they're already in. So those, those were in yesterday, uh, but these will join the many checks that are in the narthex uh, of your good, benevolent work. So we thank you. It's only possible because of you. Deacon Amy.
Good morning. As Pastor Jerry shared, we just finished a fantastic week of Vacation Bible School, and I just wanted to share a couple photos with you to uh, kind of quickly recap the week. We had a wonderful station down the hall with Bible stories we, we shared all week about feeding our neighbors, about healing and praying and forgiving and resting. Wonderful topics for the week and great stories and music down the hall there. And our next picture shows our craft station we set up out in the courtyard here and made fantastic, fantastic fun crafts all week. The kids went home with lots of goodies from that station. And then in the gym, we were playing games in the gym and out on the grassy hill, we had lots of fun things going. And you'll see in these pictures, lots of our youth helpers. We had 19 middle school and high school kids here helping with Vacation Bible School throughout the week. And then the next picture is our preschool group. We had fantastic, fantastic helpers in our preschool and just um, a wonderful time showing off all their goodies that they made. And the last picture is our um, middle school and high school kids. Every afternoon, we went out on field trips. Uh, this was on Monday. We went up to the beach at Fort Casey, and we were uh, there with sound water stewards to learn about our surroundings and, and nature and the different things that we can find on the beach, and they were fantastic. And then the rest of the week, we were doing service projects. This was from the Woodby Watershed on Newman Road, uh, took us there to the, the wetland. And this is Oakley standing next to a tree that he planted with this same group two years ago. So um, really fun to see the, the progress and the things that we have been able to do in our community. And just a huge thank you to all of the volunteers. We had dozens of volunteers here all week helping with Vacation Bible School and the Ruby Fund that paid for this week so we could have all of these incredible adventures. There were somewhere around 60 kids here between all of the kids enrolled and the middle school, high school helpers, and it really was a wonderful week. So thank you, Trinity, for supporting these kids and this endeavor. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> Lots of other announcements printed in your bulletin, but I always encourage you uh, to read those, take part at your church, find, uh, find your place of service, and plug in here. Uh, we're going to invite you to stand now as we transition uh, towards the end of the service. We're going to sing together the Lord's Prayer. As Jesus taught us, Carl put to music. service ends, your ministry begins. Go out those doors, make a difference, 
where God put you this week. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our sending hymn, we are marching, dancing, singing in the light of God.